This is Bob Ford of History, Mystery, and Lore, where we travel the Midwest, going to museums and historic sites, talking to experts and old friends who've got great stories to tell. Today, this is personal. In the late 50s and early 1960s, Candy Cane Lane defined St. Joseph, Missouri during the Christmas season. Not only St. Joseph, but it defined me. I grew up there. I grew up on the lane as my mother, Hannah Ford, and Jim Cunerty put this project in motion. It started with three families in 1956 wanting to coordinate their Christmas decorations, the Fords, the Taylors, and the Cunerties. The following year, Jim Cunerty fabricated out of metal ducking the candy cane, and we were off. Three houses, then eight houses, and the following year, 24 houses on Eugene Field Avenue turned into Candy Cane Lane for all to come and to get the spirit. A thousand plus cars a night would creep down the lane where you could hear the oohs and ahs from inside the cars. It was magical. Let's go back and talk to some of the people that have known me the longest in my life, Janet Lucas and Sherry Taylor, who both, as I did, grew up on Candy Cane Lane. Let them tell their tales of the special Christmases as we go down memory lane. This is Bob Ford of History, Mystery, and Lore. As promised, I'm in my hometown, St. Joseph, Missouri. We are talking about Candy Cane Lane with two of the people that have known me the longest in my life. I am here with... Janet Lucas. And... Sherry Taylor. We all grew up together on the hill of Candy Cane Lane, which started in 1958. And I'm here to pick their brains, to have them tell their stories, and talk about something that really was iconic for St. Joseph and helped make St. Joseph such a wonderful, magical place during the Christmas season. What, uh, what can you tell me about Jim Cunerty? Go for it, Sherry. Well, he was everybody's... Um favorite grandpa, favorite uncle. They did not have children, but he loved all the children. I called him Sasso. Did you? Sasso. Yeah. 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 He was just um, um, the kind of uh, guy that the children loved. He was wonderful. I know. Yeah, he was. He really was. And uh, there was no fear or any... um, reason that you would not want to talk to him or be with him, you know, even though, you know, he was older and, and wasn't a grandpa, wasn't a daddy. He loved children. He was a, the head engineer of the Missouri, uh, I guess, I don't know what zone, but uh, up there on the belt. I remember uh, dad driving down I-29 saying, when it opened, this is Jim Cunerty's highway. Well, and he was also part of um, 229 getting to put together and I-435. Really? I don't know how far 
down hmm. with the I-435. Well, he was the engineer, not the construction guy. Okay. So it would have taken him years to design those mm -hmm. sort of things. Oh, yeah. He used to take me to the Missouri Department, um, and <laughs> we'd go on weekends and things. He'd take me into the office to mm -hmm. get some of his plans, and, and I tagged along with him a lot. Like there we go, yeah. off on a tangent. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're here to talk about Candy Cane Lane. What, uh, what are your first memories of Candy Cane Lane, Ellen? Sherry. That's okay. Shelly. Sherry. I called okay. her, her mother. Ellen is my mama. Um, my mama, Ellen, and your mama, Hannah, cooked up a lot of deals you know they they tried to plan our birthday parties and so forth and bart and i were so close that we had to have our parties together neither one of us wanted to do that but bart's my did. older brother yeah and <clears throat> and other things and so i believe the two of them concocted this whole idea and then because times were different and the neighborhood was close it just sort of spread you know and there were people on the three block candy cane area that had real talent, the Hornadays, for putting together things and mom and Hannah mm -hmm. for organizing. Mama, um, I mean, they'd start months ahead designing their decorations. It was a big deal. Right. Big deal. Very big deal. I, I guess the genesis of this was my mother was in, Hannah Bartlett Ford was in St. Louis and saw something in a newspaper and got, came back with the idea, went to Jim Cunerty, mm -hmm. who could build anything, had a garage full of every tool you could ever want, <laughs> and they made these candy canes out of... Stovepipe. Stovepipe, and then the women <laughs> would paint them white and then cover them with red whip ribbon making them into a perfect candy. candy cane. Those candy canes were then placed in the front yard exactly the same distance from the street, thanks to engineer Jim Cunerty, and it was immaculate. It went from there. It started off with the Fords, Cunerties, and Taylors, and then we all had certain colors that we put on our house through lights that would be noma lights which were the big lights no small lights in in this uh like along candy cane no, lane lights, no. and then it slowly grew mm -hmm. and you, you were next lucas's mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the i guess we had to talk the Keens and the beckwiths dr beckwith into it but once they came on once we had five or six it caught on fire and slowly, here came the cars. Mm -hmm. uh, slowly. <laughs> they, the cars came readily. They were, we were not actually allowed to go in our personal driveways out. Or you had to have your business, your meds, or your groceries all done by 6 o'clock because you didn't get out of your driveway. That's right. Mm -hmm. And this was 1958 until 1970. So if you are 60 years old or over, undoubtedly, if you're from St. Joseph and surrounding area, you went down Candy Cane Lane. It's estimated that 50,000 cars went down in the uh, three weeks' time 
that uh, that we were open. And we had special days too, where we would have children, we had would have Santa visit, all sorts of different things. People from the state hospital came, some of the patients. I read in one of the articles that there were three, I think school bus loads of uh, patients from the state hospital and they brought them through Candy Cane Lane and they were all just so inspired by it and and one of the years I don't remember which but one of the buses got stuck in the bad snow and ice and so they they got to stay a little bit longer than some of the other ones but um, apparently one of the younger patients when they got back to the state hospital was not very verbal but when he came back from seeing Candy Cane Lane he apparently just talked all about what he saw and how pretty it was and all the lights and the different decorations. So it affected people in many different ways. Well, behavior, uh, that's, that's a great story. Well, it, it affected me in an odd little different story. I remember when the Noise Home children came mm-hmm. and Santa would come down on his Cushman. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who was the elf in little green <laughs> tights with Aww. a pointy hat on, you were the elf. and let well, me tell I you, I don't it affected either. me for years. I never <laughs> want to see another pair of green tights again. Well, that could affect you. Oh, yeah, and you going back to school, you would see, you know, kids you go to school with. Oh my gosh, at five, six, seven. Oh, yeah, where are your tights, Bobby? Oh. <laughs> But you had an important role to play sure. because you had well, to was give the gifts time, to Santa sure. to hand out to the children. Yeah, yeah. because come every on the bus, the every children, year the yeah. noise home children would come um, yeah. on a specific night, and Santa had a gift for each one of them from their wish list. Yes, that's and, right. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. going with Mother mm-hmm. buying gifts. Mm-hmm. Do you? Okay, Boy, yeah. yeah. What yep. long lists they had, yep. and mm-hmm. they would split up those lists yes. to. Yes. Uh, Everybody along the lane. Were, and the kids were so surprised and excited that they actually got something it, it from Santa. It was a spirit. It was yes. um, more than decorations in color. It was a spirit of uh, excitement. Right. And um, carefree. None of the problems that ordinarily bother us. It's just gone for a while, you know. Right. Loving the, the time there. Well, and we sang many Christmas carols oh, around yeah. the tree. Oh, yeah. And oh, that's right. People from the public were invited to come. Um, I think we had some, but, you know, mostly parents of those mm-hmm. of us in the neighborhood and, and some of their friends. But, yeah, it was always a fun time to, to sing different Christmas carols. Yeah. Well, it was us around the tree. The tree was in the community's yard, and it was... A 30-foot high tree. Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and it was beautifully decorated, of yeah. course, by Jim. And so we'd stand around and sing Christmas carols to the cars who were mm-hmm. slowly going by. And, and, uh, and every they were, now and they and they stop and somebody get out. One year, and I believe it was 59 maybe, um, w- w- all the houses are basically sort of alike. In that in our particular block, and Daddy had decided to build on to ours to make a family room, and so the front of it was open, so we had old blankets and so forth covering the. Do you remember this covering mm-hmm. the uh, bay window that was there? Okay. So I thought it'd be fun if Johnny, my brother, um, and I stood there like we were caroling. Now then, the I idea, remember do you that. Remember that? I do. Well, I had a terrible time. 
I tried to convince Johnny a lot of stuff in bar too of things that I thought they would be fun to do. You had a big poofy dress on. I <laughs> and I, we stood there caroling. We thought we would fake people out, and there were some people that slowed down. Look, are those are those mannequins? What are those people? And every once in a while, John would say, "I'm tired. I'm cold. Let's go in." Get with the program, you know, and we met. We maybe made it forty-five minutes, maybe that because it was cold sure it in was. that part of the house. There was no heat, but but I remember that as a fond memory because we thought we were entertaining the world, you know, with mm-hmm. all the cars coming by. And every now and then, that's what made me think of it. Every now and then, someone would get out and come a little bit closer. Well, it wasn't encouraged because then it stopped traffic, so you were supposed to keep moving right but i remember that and we think i think to myself we fooled them we fooled them <laughs> live theater on yep. candy cane lane <laughs> well and you have to keep in mind too that the street although under normal circumstances it's a two-way street they blocked off um certain intersections so that traffic coming from lover's lane wouldn't interrupt or um, from 22nd street you had to so they came up from 6th Avenue, and then they turned south on Eugene Field, went through the first block, and then took a little jog to the right and came up the second block all the way up the hill to where the Christmas tree was. But both lanes went south. It wasn't north and south. So we had two lanes of traffic going the whole time that the lights were on. And lots of And cars. I do remember one year we had to go somewhere, and trying to break through that line of cars was horrible. Well, you guys had an alley behind your right. homes. Right, yeah, we had an alley. No. Sherry and I didn't have an no. alley. You we guys couldn't stuck. have gotten out. We were stuck. We got out, but we had to wait a while until somebody would let us come yeah. out of the alley and yeah. get on to what we yeah. had to do, but it was constant traffic. So I was reading in the memos that uh, there were four police officers that were yes. dedicated to, uh, to Candy Cane Lane each night, and that uh, the cars would be lined up for 15 blocks away. Oh, from really? to get on down 22nd Street all the way up and you know on and on and we I didn't, didn't realize we, yeah that. we didn't see, well you couldn't get out well yeah we didn't <laughs> yeah, see it sure. wow sure. that's why I say it was a spirit it was something oh, yeah. you did well to see but some um, emotional feeling that we're going to Candy Cane Lane and right, the similar right. thing I mean yeah. they're they're now doing that with Crook, Crook Park yeah, right. and it is yes it is a nice drive yeah. I yes. take that drive every year I do too because it Reminds me of my childhood. Right, and I tell people now, well, what Krug Park is now, Candy Cane Lane used to be, and um, I said, it's just a special thing. As I was growing up, if people would ask me where I live, I'd say, do you know where Candy Cane Lane is? Mm-hmm. And they would either say you yes or no. And when you'd say, well, I lived on that street. Oh, you do? Yeah. We just love going up there mm-hmm. every year to see the lights and the tree. Mm-hmm. And still so, do. Yeah. You know, I, I can still say that to people, and they know where that is, mm-hmm. rather than Eugene Field Avenue. Right, which, right. Which is where it is, which is, you know, one block off of 22nd Street. Right. But, uh, yes, it was a special place growing up. Janet, you said earlier, which was true, Back then, we had more severe winters. We yes. had a lot more snow. There's a lot more snow than, on the ground. Than we have now, which is, you know, speaks to Christmas, of course. Right. It made it much more of a winter wonderland. Because there's a picture of, of you 
and Paul Janavis and your dog Butch and his dog and I don't remember the name of the dog oh. buy one of the candy cane lane signs I bet the snow's I don't know six to eight inches deep anyway <laughs> and just everything was a white winter wonderland well and getting the cars up the hill yeah down, you know, that was but it helped that we had um, Ernie Deal who yes. was a neighbor because he was yeah, the police chief yeah. right and so <laughs> we had a little pull with him we trying did. to to we get did. that but you know getting back to to the actual pulling off of candy cane lane people don't realize that there were committees <laughs> that were made up of all the neighbors and certain people had to be in charge of well, getting sure, the sure. strings of lights some had to figure out um what decorations we were going to put on the tree and the supplies that we needed because they would ask people for ivory soap dish detergent bottles when they were empty because they were white and they made those into toy soldiers um tin pie tins mm -hmm. and there's one where i told you <laughs> i just read an article where your dad jake was at the country club washing pie tins from a party that was given there <laughs> so we could use the pie yeah, tins yeah. for decoration yeah, sure. Scavenger Jake, that yeah. a boy. Uh, and then they, they cut up plastic bags and made little mm -hmm. pom-poms that went on the tree. So all these things were homemade. They were not bought from the store. Even the decorations in front of the tree, um, as a, the original tree was in between my family's yard and the Cunardies. And then it must have been cut down sooner than I remember. But anyway, mm. the Cunardies had another tree very close to that location mm. on the corner mm -hmm. of their property. And when that came around, we had the train. Do you remember the, mm -hmm. the train? I do. And um, we had great big packages that were made out of wooden boxes, yeah. and we would wrap them with special plastic, plastic mm -hmm. wrap that, yeah. you know, the snow couldn't hurt. And we had little elves there that, that David Hornaday made. I mean, it was so much fun. And my friend Lori uh, Murray, she lived two houses down from me um, as we got into our seven and eighth year age. <laughs> but we used to pretend like we were traveling on the train or we'd act like we were opening packages mm -hmm. on Christmas. I mean, this was before the crowd got mm -hmm. going, but we had so much fun with our imagination mm -hmm. with all those things that were there. Mm -hmm. And we also, at one time, Lori's mom and dad had a choir on their front stoop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we acted like we were choir members, too. <laughs> that, well, mannequin choir. They, yes. They, they, they yes. Had, uh, artificial choirs, and right. you stood in and pretended right. like you were. and we pretended were. like we were yeah. part of them. And But, you know, we had, in our yard, we had um, a couple girl mannequins and a Santa Claus that my dad um, dressed up in the yard. Not dad himself, but the <laughs> mannequin. And... Um, used a couple of my sister's raincoats for the decorations on the girls and and in fact i still have one of the umbrellas that went to barbie's raincoat yellow <laughs> no it was blue okay. i think lens was yellow <laughs> but uh, it was just fun and the decorations were not the same on the houses every year a couple of them were but well, the girls had meet uh, months before to plan yeah and all that the work i think that's maybe one of the things that is has merit that, and you mentioned committees. I mean, they had planning. You know, mm -hmm. Yeah, it planning. wasn't something that was just thrown together. This was planned no, no. year after year. They had minutes of the meetings, who was to do what. <laughs> um, I have original billings of costs from, you know, 
the city for using the police department and and for utilities that you know we had to have special billings for some of the utilities yeah you know, we got 1958 the first meeting was in my parents house mm -hmm. so i and then you talk about decorations we had one same decoration each year which was a huge wreath mm -hmm. and that wreath we would have to stick all those real uh, evergreen branches through. Oh, really? So I remember <laughs> that as a kid in the garage. I don't remember it's that. Well, no, you weren't invited. <laughs> I <laughs> wish you would have been. <laughs> but uh, that's one of the one of the few things that I thought, oh, gosh, we're going to do that again. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have to take it out. By the mm -hmm. time you were taking it out, it was dead. Right. And so quite prickly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, to get everything off and down. Mm -hmm. But I, I also remember as a kid, now that we think about it, if we opened at 5.30 every morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, every evening. Mm -hmm. Right. So the excitement at, you know, started after school. Right. You know, hanging out. And the police wouldn't let anybody up there mm -mm. until 5.30. That's and right. Boy, except, hey, I live I up there. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I go on up and... And then the excitement, here comes the cars. Mm -hmm. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. Mm -hmm. And it was... Uh, it was awesome. You'd hear people honk. You'd hear kids scream. You'd just... Uh, you'd feel the energy. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, um, in the things that were saved about Candy Cane Lane, there were some letters um, from a couple different people that came from out of state that were you know visiting family members here that came up through Candy Cane Lane. And the impression that the candy cane lane houses made on these people was just wonderful i mean they couldn't say enough about what they had seen and they wished that more people would do something like that i remember uh, my brother moved to wichita falls kansas and somebody in wichita falls had 10 years later mm -hmm. started a candy cane lane mm -hmm. or a reef lane or something there was anyway there were Imitations, which mm -hmm. are there was the, one uh, in Kansas City that we would go to a, a, as, you know, as an adult we went and there was, but nothing like Candy Cane Lane. Do you remember? I was talking about this the other day. I had um, a, a meeting in my living room, which is where I was. It's in Candy Cane Lane, and I'm privileged, and so are you, to live in the same yes. home that was, you know. And so they said, Sherry, tell us about, you know, where you had Christmas and what you did. And, and so, you know, not a big house. And I drug 12 women back into the living room and gave them all blankets because the living room was chilly. <laughs> I said, it wasn't always chilly because we had a fireplace. And then I proceeded to tell them how we celebrated Christmas and that involved uh, Candy Cane Lane. But the sweetest thing was that many of the people, including the 40s and us, and the Cunerties and um, Beckwiths, I believe, were a part of that. We would put the tree up the night before Christmas. The oh, night really? before Christmas. Now then, today, you know, people put up artificial trees a month and a half. Well, you know. Right. So yeah. we had the tree up. And then, and I remember this, that, of course, as a kid, you know, when you come down and see the Christmas tree for the first time. Right. You know, it, that is, it is truly magic. And then you lived you know, we're blessed with this magic outside. And I remember at, at, long before I knew the um, mystery of Santa Claus that, and I was asleep during all those wonderful nights, and 
when I wasn't, when I became aware of that, then the adults would visit each other. We'd go over to Forties and... Uh, uh, Forties or Fords. Ford, she calls Ford, us Ford, the Forties. And the Cunies. You know, that's what my yes. mom called yep. them. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, and we'd visit, or they would visit. Now, these were young couples. Yes. And they visit each other's Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. And then and we got sleeping children up above, you know. That was a sweet thing. And my ladies were sitting all there. Well, what kind of kids were you? Didn't you ever figure that out? And I said, no, we yeah. lived on Candy Cane Land. We didn't want to yeah. figure it out. No. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. And what a sweet memory that was. Really a sweet thing. And not just the Christmas tree. Although the Christmas trees were a big deal, mm-hmm. visiting the Christmas trees, but just living in that atmosphere. Was, well, was right, which is chilled. few and far between these days. And, mm-hmm. and But that perhaps was a glue yes. that kept our neighborhood Maybe. so close, was Candy Cane Lane and our parents' commitment to Candy Cane Lane. Right, right. Speaking about keeping history alive, special thanks go to our sponsors who do help keep history alive. Nottaway Valley Bank, Eagle Communications, Mastio, and a few anonymous buffs help support this project. This project consists of 60 podcasts and over 35 articles. The podcast can be heard at bobfordshistory.com and the articles go to Google. Google Bob Ford's history and several will come up. Keep us going. Join us and become a sponsor so we can keep history alive so you can pass it on. Thank you.